Hey, can Elena sing or what? Was that cool? Yeah, you got to be careful around here if you come on a Wednesday night. I got a little feedback going on here. If you come on a Wednesday night and you sing in front of people, you you know you might end up singing in front of people. You know, you just got to be careful about that around here. Um, we believe very much in helping people to live into their giftedness and whatever that looks like. So. Uh, this morning I want to start our series. We're in, still doing at, at the movies, and I want to start it a little bit differently than I have been over the first few weeks. W- today we're going to be focusing on our identity and our story and ca- the catching of moments, really, uh, because life is filled with moments, and we want to catch those moments and, and, and live into them as best we can. So let me start with, with a song. This is Psalm 139, beginning at verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, which my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. You have been known by God since before you were born. Let that resonate for a minute. You have been known by the creator of everything, almighty God, who lives outside of time since before you were conceived. To the parents in here, remember back when you were get your, usually your first child, but often the other ones after, uh, the anticipation that you felt as, as the day began, the anxiety as well, the exhilaration, the joy, as you know, we're going to have a baby, we're going to have a child. And grand, through our grandparents in here, you know, and somebody told you, you know, hey, you're going to be a grandparent or a papa or a Gigi or I'm Gramps. So, and, and that somebody told you that and you went, this is the coolest thing ever. And, and I get to be a grandfather and I get to feed them candy and, and, and get them all jacked up and send them home. It's the most <laughs> awesome thing ever, you know. <laughs> and I also get to give them all the love that I have. And if you're not a father or a grandparent, or, or, or in, and you're a son or a daughter this morning, think about a time when you knew you were going to get a gift. And it, w- it was going to be a cool gift, and you knew it was coming, and the day was getting closer, and that anticipation that you felt as the day got closer, it's going to happen, I'm going to get it, it's almost here. Think about that as it drew near. Our God knew your day of conception since forever. And his anticipation for you, for your birth, for you entering into this world was that way. Only bigger because we can't even fathom the goodness of God. That's who our God is. It's like, man, Corey's going to be born. How cool is that? And one day she's going to meet Caleb, and then they're going to have all of y'all. And it's going to be crazy, and the the chaos is going to be incredible, but it's going to be great. You know, and that's the way God is. That's how he sees us. He, He loves us in that way. You are indeed fearfully and wonderfully made. It's who you are. It's who you are. His love for you is greater than anything you can possibly imagine. Anything that you can possibly imagine. And God's love is greater than all of it. And as believers, we too often forget 
how much God cares for us. Or maybe better stated, we forget that because of God's great love for us, we become his children. This passage is from John. It says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor of a parent's will, but born of God. Our identity, who we are, is child of God as a believer. If you're not a believer and you're here this morning, I hope that this morning the Holy Spirit works on you and you don't leave here not a believer. I hope (laughs) that you come and you profess a a faith in in Christ and and you accept him as your Lord and Savior and you don't walk out of here not being a believer. Because that's our identity. It's it's who we are, children of God. And imagine if we were to wake up every day with this belief, or better yet, with the faith that that's who we are. You woke up in the morning and said, I'm a child of the king. I'm a son or a daughter of God Almighty. What if you hit the floor with that in the morning? What if that was the greeting instead of, uh uh-oh, oh, here we go. Monday morning's here, right? Child of the king. Daughter of the king. Amy, that's you. What if you knew that God was on your side? Did you know that God is on your side? Because God is on your side. God is on your side. He wants abundance for you. He wants good things for you. Even when it doesn't look like God's on your side, it doesn't mean that God's not on your side because he is. He, he wants the best of things for us. And sometimes we just we have a hard time seeing that. But if we'll live into this, then, then we'll understand the passage that says God will work all things to the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That's our God. Don't be robbed of this identity. It's important. It's important. You know, I let, I'm a guilty party. I let the, this world of ours and, and rob me of this way more than I should because I'll tell you what, it's cool to be a child of God. Can I get an amen around this place? <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, that's just awesome <laughs> that, that God loves us in that way. In our movie, to the movie. We're at the movie, so we probably ought to talk about a movie. Walter Mitty, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Ben Stiller plays in it, and he's in search of his identity, really. He's, uh, his daydreams showed what he wanted to be, because he would daydream and all this stuff, and we'll show a couple of clips of that. But, but he wasn't that person. And he had this crush on a, on a lady that he worked with named Cheryl Melhoff, and and so he was trying to figure all that out. But anyway, Andy, if you'll play the first clip. Hi, Todd Bahar, eHarmony. How can I help you today? Hi, I can't seem to leave a wink for someone. I don't know, is my page broken? Do I, do I maybe have a broken page? Or oh, I've never heard of that, but okay. Uh, you're trying to use your eHarmony account for the first time? I am. Okay, uh, I'm looking at your profile. We have a pretty intricate matching algorithm that what distinguishes us from other online dating services. Yeah, I like that. Actually, I'm just trying to leave a wink for one person, Cheryl Melhoff. She started in my division at work about a month ago, and I overheard her near the bagel saying she was on your site. Uh, okay, that's unique. But let me ask you, you left a lot of this stuff, like, like the been there, done that section. You left it blank. Yeah, I think I skipped it. Okay, 
gotta help me out here, man. Don't skip stuff. Okay, well, I haven't really been anywhere noteworthy or mentionable. Have you, have you done anything noteworthy, mentionable? Hello? Still there? Can you hang on a second? smell gas. Oh, I hope it's okay. I engineered a prosthesis for chips while I was sprinting down the stairwell. Little hip joint assembly with a drop ring lock and an interior pelvic band. God, you're noteworthy. I just live by the ABCs. Adventurous, brave, creative. That's everything I want in a man. My man. Hey, my man, you still there? <laughs> hey. What, did you pass out or? No, I just like zoned out for a second. Oh, okay. Do you do that a lot? Uh. <laughs> so too many of us have this attitude in life of, I haven't done anything noteworthy. I haven't done anything mentionable yet. As believers, we've said yes to Jesus Christ and invited the Holy Spirit into our lives. I think that might be noteworthy. I think that might be mentionable. It, it's, it's incredible that, that we have this view of what we're supposed to be, and it's just inaccurate. His Walter Mitty's daydream gives us a clue, though, as to why that is. We believe that to live a noteworthy life, to live a mentionable life, means to be the hero. To be the guy who dives <laughs> from, the, from the train stop. I, lo I love the corkscrew entry into the window, and, and it, you know, because he smelled gas over there, so he knows something's wrong, and he gets everybody out of the building. And by the way, on the way down, I think, uh, you know, your three-legged dog, I think I'll set up a little hip assembly here so that <laughs> when I'm out, I can give you your dog and the prosthesis so that you'll know how incredible I really am. We have this view that this is what it means to be noteworthy. And it's kind of outlandish, right? It, it, it doesn't make any sense, yet it's kind of true, too. You know, we think of noteworthy as something up here beyond our reach. Now, around here, if you're around here very long, you, in fact, we talked about it this morning, you heard that we're a group of imperfect people following the one who is perfect, Jesus. It's shorter on the logo. <laughs> a group of imperfect people following Jesus is who we are. We're, we know that we're flawed, but we also follow the one who is perfect because we know he's going to take us to the place that we need to go. And to be you for him is, is what we want to do in this place. The emphasis on living out the calling that our Creator gives us by becoming. See, we know we're a work in progress. See, we're imperfect. Anybody in here perfect? <laughs> Besides Angel. Angel. Here, yeah, that's, that's probably better. Is anybody in here imperfect? Yeah, okay. There we go. Gotcha. But the goal is to become, we know that we're imperfect, we know that, that we're moving on to perfection in Wesleyan language, but, but we're, we're going to continue to seek to become more and more the people that God would have us to be by becoming, by becoming a better husband or better wife, not for our sake, but for the glory of God, by becoming a better son or a better daughter so that God can be glorified, by becoming a better friend, a better co-worker, a better school worker, a better musician, a better whatever it is, we know that we want to become 
all that God has created us to be. And, and so that's what we're trying to do in this place. But it's not for us. It's so that God can be glorified in this place. And it may or may not get notoriety. Hear this. This is an important distinction. This is one that you, if you wrote stuff down, you'd want to write down. It may, <laughs> it may or may not get notoriety. But it is absolutely noteworthy. You know, those are different. You know, notoriety is one thing, but, but it's absolutely noteworthy that we are becoming who God created us to be. Uh, if we don't have security in this identity, if we don't have security in who we are, we're going to find ourselves embracing false personas to fit in as our hero, Mr. Mitty, tends to do. <laughs> Actually, I waited for my refrigerator to repair my mental mechanic. Sorry. I'm going to call you later. Okay. The ice, Jace. She moves like a woman. I'm Walter. Mitty. Cheryl. Melhoff. Where have you been? Testing the limits of the human spirit. I'd like to climb your hair. Test that out. Perhaps I can contact you, possibly through my poetry falcon. Poetry falcon. I like that. Do you think if I hit him with a paperclip, would he move? Yeah, I don't know. Do it. Oh, hello. I actually threw a toner box at him once. Yeah, did he move? <laughs> no, I, I missed. It's a great story. Ground control to Major Tom. Can you hear me, Major Tom? Oh. Wow. Moving on. Yeah. So you got to give it to Walter Mitty. He's got quite the imagination, right? He, he's, he, he's able to, to just kind of put himself in these circumstances. Uh, the funny thing is, though, that even though most folks aren't as mean-spirited as that group of you know, the, that was actually the guys who were coming in to kind of fire a bunch of people and, and change the management. Most folks can figure out when we're not being who we're, who we're called to be, when we're not being authentically who we're called to be. Most folks will be able to sense that. So in this movie, here's the back, here's the back story for the movie. Walter Mitty had been adventurous when he was young, but his father died suddenly, and so he, was, he had to begin to work. So he to take care of his mom and his younger sisters, so he set aside all of the, the fun, adventurous kind of stuff so that he could live a responsible life. And he became a, a photo editor for, um, for Life magazine, and, and that's what he did for, for a living. And they were about to go online only, and that's what those guys were in for. They were in to fire the print guys and bring in the online guys. To, to, trans, to translate or transfer Life magazine from what it was to what it would become. Sean O'Connell, who is a photographer played by Sean Penn, he's, he was the, the one who gave all, 
a lot of iconic photographs to life. So they wanted him for this last magazine cover. And he had brought in this negative that he called the quintessence of life. It was going to be the cover of this last magazine, and Walter Mitty promptly lost it. So he spends time then trying to track down Sean O'Connell, who is an adventure person and uh, all over the world. So he takes off trying to find so that he can get this negative. <laughs> Hopefully he'll have another one so that he can that last magazine can be printed. And he started to have real adventures along the way. When he embraced who he really was, when he became who he was created to be, he began to have experiences that were closer to who he was, his, his identity was in life. He was no longer a captive. And that reminded me in, the, in preparing for this message of Jeremiah 29. And it's a familiar passage for many of us. But I'm going to read more than just the familiar part. Because it's written to uh, a people in exile in Babylon. And it starts at verse 10. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Then you will call on me, uh, then you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. The power of that is that a lot of us live in captivity in this world of ours and in this life of ours, and God is trying to call us back from being a captive to whatever it is that holds us captive. He wants us to be free. He wants us to live freely into the, the people that he's called us to be, and it may not look right, right to some Christians, but you be who you are created to be. Amen. You be who you are created to be. You live that out because that's what God has given to you. That's your identity. Don't let anybody steal that from you. No one can steal that from you. Don't give it up. For Walter Mitty, finding something bigger than himself gave him purpose. And that purpose gave him courage, and that courage gave him a story. When he had purpose, he... he discovered that he could go do these things and he was able to do it and and then it gave him his story for christians we actually have something bigger because it's from god he has plans to prosper us and not to harm us plans to give us a hope and a future that's god's plan for us in other words a purpose he wants us to become who he has created us to be and just like walter Mitty, if we're willing to embrace that purpose and if we can have the courage to to fulfill that and walk into that your story will grow, and you will have to share that story because it's from God, and the Holy Spirit has given it to you, and you can't shut up about it. You hear me talk about recovery all the time. You know why? Because where I am is impossible for the drug addict and alcoholic that I was. I can't be here today, and yet here I am. How does that happen? There's one way that happens. It's God. God. Have courage and discover your story because then you won't shut up about it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So this last clip from the movie is Walter Mitty has discovered his purpose. 
and here. Good old Todd from eHarmony. Hello. Hey, what's up? Todd? From eHarmony? Yeah, yeah, what's up, man? Uh, not much. How have you been? Good. It's, uh, it's early here. I just got up, man. I was thinking about you. Where are you? Los Angeles. Hey, uh, so your profile still hasn't received any winks, even though I put that you've been to Phoenix. Oh, I, uh, I jumped out of a helicopter yesterday into the ocean and had a shark fight. Yeah, yeah, li listen, I was mentioning before people who daydream too much, not content. No, it was real. It really did. Really? Then I'll put down adrenaline junkies. What, what kind of a shark? Was it like a... Hey, Todd, I can't really talk right now. I'm on my way to a volcano. What the... So I don't show the clip of him jumping out of the helicopter into the ocean and then the shark that comes and attacks him as he's trying to get up on the ship. And I, and I, and, and I don't have, a, ha, have the clip of him when he goes to the Himalayas and he finds Sean O'Connell who's up in the Himalayas shooting a rare s pictures of a sh rare snow leopard or them playing some game that they, the Cossacks or whoever they are play on horseback, you know, with... <laughs> You know, with, with the ball and that stuff. I don't ha have all those clips, but it was amazing what can happen when we grab hold of this idea that we have a purpose and a place, and if we'll have the courage to walk into it, the stories that we will tell, the stories will be incredible, incredible. He found his identity. Walter Mitty found his identity, found his purpose, and he had the courage to walk into it, and he developed his story. Remember that. Have courage. You you have a purpose. Walk into it. And then to have the courage to live that out in this world because your story will grow out of that. When we find our identity in Jesus Christ, we're going to get opportunity after opportunity to step forward into that. And I know that can be scary, but, but we just have to, what's it say? Just save one. Don't overdo it. Keep it simple. But embrace and, and engage in this world of ours. The world needs Jesus. And they need us to live that out. They need us to share this faith that we've been given. At the end of the movie, this quintessence of life picture is this. That's a magazine rack, but that picture is of him. This is Walter Mitty. His job. It was his job to look at photographs, to pick the right ones. Kind of mundane, right? But isn't most of life lived in that place? Edmund McManus wrote a book called Chasing Daylight, and I wanted to read an excerpt about moments because moments are incredibly important for us. This is what he said. He said, how many of us haven't spent many moments reflecting on moments lost, unaware the moments lost in regret are exactly that, moments lost? If we could take a moment seize it and squeeze out of it all the life in it. Shouldn't that be a moment in the future and not in the past? What if you knew there was a moment coming? It was a divine moment, one where God would meet you in such a way that nothing would ever be the same again. What if there was a moment, a defining moment, where the choices you made determined the course and momentum of your future? How would you treat that moment? How would you prepare for that moment? How would you identify it? 
Moments are as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sands on the sea, and any of them could prove to be your most significant moment. And within those moments, a handful will be the defining moments of your life. However mundane a moment may appear. Remember this. However mundane a moment may appear, the miraculous may be waiting to be unwrapped in it. You rarely know up front the eternal significance of a moment. The moment that you must seize is right now. It's the moment in front of you in this time. In the end, if we become willing to lose ourselves in pursuit of something bigger than us, we just might find something very special. And if we humble ourselves enough to be in pursuit of God's purpose in our life, we just might find something extraordinary. 